0: Our first reading is taken from uh, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verses 1 to 5 and 15 to 18. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you, all the way in the wilderness, these 40 years, to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word, that comes from the mouth of the Lord your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son so the Lord your God disciplines you he led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, For it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors, as it is today. Our second reading is taken from uh, the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 to 13. The Baptism and Testing of Jesus. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Good morning, shall we pray together? Father God, we just ask that over these next few minutes, as we look to your word, we pray that you would speak. We pray that as we listen, we would hear. We'd hear your voice. And Lord, we pray that you would shape us this morning, this Lent, this year, to be the people that you want us to be, to be the church that you want us to be. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, good morning, obviously we're still locked down, locked down and uh, every day my hair is getting longer and I can't wait for barbers to reopen but um, there we go. Uh, if I haven't met you before by the way, my name is Aidan and I'm the curate at Christchurch uh, and you're so welcome uh, I'm so glad you can join us. As Anita said at the beginning of our service, this is the first uh, of a new series we're doing through Lent. Where during the Sundays and through our, you know, Easter reflections, we're going to be journeying with Jesus through the wilderness. That's what we're calling our series: Journey with Jesus through the wilderness. Now, I'm sure many of you, as soon as you hear that, will know, you know, why we're doing this at Lent. But just so we're all aware, you know, Lent is the time when the Church pauses, reflects. You know, many Christians use it as a time to pray and fast. And use that as a kind of preparation. The church prepares itself through Lent for Easter, rededicates itself again to God uh, as we journey towards Easter. And Lent is, is forty six days on long every year. It moves, you know, along with Easter. It moves when exactly it happens, but it's always forty six days long, which is forty days of fasting and six uh, Sundays. Kind of that's how it's kind of structured, and uh, and during that time. The 40 days of Lent uh, and the 40 fasting days are to imitate when Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, as we heard in our reading in Mark. So this Lent we are hoping to journey with Jesus, reading the gospel accounts uh, of his time in the wilderness, as well as other wilderness passages uh, that appear again and again throughout the Bible. But as we planned this series as a team, we were aware that it's probably a bit of crossover with the series we've just finished that we called Honest Questions, where because of the way the world is, because of the way this pandemic is turning out, you know, many of us, if not all of us, would could probably say we have been in a wilderness, uh, a time of wilderness, for a long time. You know, the church, You I know, mean, many of us are exiled from our church buildings at the moment. So a lot of the questions we had during our honest questions series were were kind of wilderness experience questions, questions around suffering, and and you know where are you, Lord? And many of us will listening to that, you know that phrase, will be just thinking, oh, we're doing going to do the same thing again. But but we don't want to repeat ourselves during this series. So as a team, we as we were planning it, our aim actually is to have a bit of a perspective shift because quite reasonably and understandably our honest questions series started with our perspective didn't they they started with our questions they were quite introspective you know starting with our experiences and how we are making sense of the world that we live in but this series we want to shift the perspective and move away from this introspective starting place and i asked on for my facebook this week you know anyone know what the opposite of introspective is because I couldn't think of a word for it Uh, and uh, no one really came up with a good answer so uh, I've kind of come up with my own words that to kind of help us you know that perspective that we're gonna try and get during this series because rather than starting with our own thoughts and our ideas and our questions for Lent we're gonna be more theospective which means you know taking God's perspective or Christospective looking at this wilderness experience through the lens of Jesus's own journey in the wilderness. And hopefully, as we journey with Jesus through the wilderness, our expectation, our hope, uh, as a team, our hope for the church and our prayer is that we might in some way have a more hopeful perspective and lead us to a place where we can worship God at Easter more fully, more wholly, more truly and more joyfully because we've journeyed with this extra perspective that's where we're kind of coming from and so this morning and my hope in some ways is to kind of follow on from anita kind of finish the series, the honest question series with last week because last week she asked you know where is god in covid and this morning i want to ask where is god where was god in the wilderness where is god now in our wilderness experiences and to answer that, we're going to be looking to our passages that we had from Deuteronomy chapter 8 and Mark chapter 1. So maybe it might be good if you've got a Bible or a Bible app nearby, you know, keep, an, keep a thumb on them, keep, keep them in the right place. That's Deuteronomy 8 and Mark chapter 1, because we're going to be referring back to that a lot. But when I was chatting with this with my wife, uh, chatting about this sermon with my wife the other day, Kathy, the first thing she said was, well, why did Jesus go into the wilderness? And actually, I think that's a really helpful starting place. You know, why did Jesus go into the wilderness? And Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, they all, uh, they're the Synoptic Gospels, they record very, pretty much the same series of events. Jesus, he gets baptised. The spirit descends on him like a dove. God says, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And then immediately, he goes into the wilderness. He goes into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was tempted why why did he do that why did he go into the wilderness well there's various answers we could give but perhaps two that i'm going to suggest this morning the first is that i want to suggest that he went to imitate and redeem israel now in 2021 as a church we're a long way removed from the the original readers of the gospels but the jewish audience who would have you know mostly jewish audience who have been reading the gospels matthew mark and luke As soon as they hear someone going for 40 periods of time, 40 days, into the wilderness to be tempted, they'll know what that means. Immediately they will be thinking of Israel and the symmetry that that has with Israel. Because Israel, God's people in the Old Testament, their defining moment came when God rescued them from Egypt. He took them across the Red Sea and there they went Searching the promise for the promised land, but spent 40 years in the wilderness where they were tested and they were tempted. That's what our Deuteronomy passage is all about. Verse 2, Deuteronomy 8 verse 2 says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. And of course, if you know the story of Israel and the story of the Old Testament, actually they couldn't live up to God's perfection. They couldn't live up to his perfect standards. They were tested and tempted and they failed and they succumbed to the temptation. Be it when they didn't originally trust God's promises uh, that he would get them into the promised land and they were scared of the big Canaanites that lived there or when Moses uh, went to get the 10 commandments you know and while he was gone the people of Israel made themselves a golden calf that, that so they could worship a statue uh, and worship uh, you know a, a thing made by human hands rather than uh, Yahweh again and again they failed so when Jesus goes into the wilderness for 40 days he does so to imitate Israel and when he goes he is tested and tempted just like Israel was but unlike Israel, he did not succumb to that temptation. And as we'll hear about in coming weeks, you know, as Jesus encounters Satan, he resists his temptations, and in doing so, he became the Israel that God had intended there to be. He went to the wilderness to imitate and redeem Israel. Now, I could talk a lot more about this but if you have a bit of time maybe explore and read Hebrews chapter 2 to 4 where this sermon that is the letter of Hebrews uh, kind of unpacks this idea of how, how Jesus imitated and redeemed Israel but that's my first answer that Jesus went to imitate and redeem Israel but the second answer as to why he went there is just a very simple thing that's in our mark reading but it's very very important it's that The Spirit led him. Mark 1 verse 12 says, At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. The Spirit sent him. The Spirit led him into the wilderness. And this is, again, just like Israel. You know, just like Israel's experience. If we read again our Deuteronomy passage, that same verse, verse two, it starts, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness. God led them into the wilderness and he led them through the wilderness. God led Israel into the wilderness, God the Spirit led the Son Jesus into the wilderness and we can actually say whenever we have found ourselves in the wilderness we can say that God has led us there in some way shape or form and that's not easy to say and I know there's problems with that and it might leave us with questions and I'll get to some of that but. But the main thing, the the main reason why this is so important to understand is that the wilderness is not a sign of God's absence. You know, we might say sometimes that a place is a God-forsaken place, or I feel like just God is not with me, or God is completely absent. But actually, just because there's maybe silence, maybe because we have questions, does not mean that God is not there. No, God is still there. God is categorically in the wilderness, Where was Jesus when God was in the wilderness? God was with him. You know, it said that God's angels tended to him in the wilderness. Where was God when Israel was in the wilderness? He was with them. You know, the wilderness was a time when God miraculously cared for Israel. He fed them manna from heaven, water burst out of a rock. And that was, you know, that was always the, the miracles that before the last couple of years I was obsessed by. I thought that was amazing, you know, the God's provision for the the Israelites during that time. But actually recently, there's been a new, (laughs) there's been a different miraculous provision that's kind of caught my attention. And it says this, your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Now, many of you know, I have a toddler, uh, a young toddler, a young son, Uh, And he's growing all the time. (laughs) Anyone who has any children or remembers what it was like to be a child, it feels like you buy a new pair of shoes and they wear out instantly. (laughs) Or you buy a new pair of shoes and, and and they grow out of them so quickly. For 40 years, the Israelites were provided for by God, so they didn't need new shoes and new clothes. I used to remember as a teenager, I'd come home from school and I'd, you know, I'd been playing football or something and I'd cut my trousers as I'd fallen on the floor. My mum would be, oh, there's another pair of trousers I either have to mend or replace or repair. The Israelites didn't have that. For 40 years, God <laughs> looked after them. That is incredible. Now, where was, when Israel was in the wilderness, what does this mean? God was with them, yes. God was with them. Where was God when Jesus was in the wilderness? Yes, God was with him, sustaining him. So when we find ourselves in the wilderness, when we find ourselves having wilderness-like wilderness-like experiences, we can remember that God is still with us. This is why what we heard from Anita last week is so vital, as she asked, you know, where is God in Covid? She, she told stories and kind of recounted people's testimonies of how God has been at work through this last year, how God has been doing many, many things, how God has been providing for his people. The wilderness is not a sign of God's absence. Quite the opposite. The wilderness is a time to rely on God even more than we ever have done before. Because in the wilderness, that's where we have to do. That's what we are called to do. We are called to rely on God. We are called to worship him. And that worship, that reliance, that leads to our transformation, our building up as a church, as individuals, entirely. So what do I mean by that? Well, let's look to the end of our Deuteronomy reading. chapter uh, Verse 15 it says, God led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness Then it says, he brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness. Why did he do this? Well, it continues. It says that he did this to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Israel had to rely on God in the wilderness. They had no other option. They had no food, They had no water except for stuff that God provided them. But through the wilderness experience, they became a people who relied on God. Yes, of course, they continue to make mistakes. And that especially goes for after they enter the promised land and they forget God's providence. But at this point in the story, in Deuteronomy, written at the end of their time in the wilderness, we find that they, whilst they entered the wilderness as a people who did not trust God, they left the wilderness as a people who truly did trust and rely on God. They emerged from the wilderness as God's people. You know, Paul will speak more next week on how exactly we worship God in the wilderness, how exactly we of we rely on him and worship him in different ways. But for now, let's know this, that God often uses wilderness experiences to build up faith, to build up true whole life worship which is what we are made to do as human beings. And this is throughout the Bible. Let me give you an example that maybe kind of concretely kind of explains this. Matthew 14, is often given the title when Jesus walks on the water. But if we look at it from that Christo perspective, look at it from Jesus's perspective, it's perhaps got a different title because Jesus sends his disciples out in a boat. He's just fed the 5,000 and he sends them out in a boat. And he knows that they're going to be frightened in that boat. And he knows that they're going to be in a storm. He knows they're going to have a wilderness experience. But he also knows that in that time of adversity, in that time of wilderness, they're going to see him walk on water. And you know what? Peter is going to have so much faith that he's going to get out of the boat and walk on the water as well. So from Jesus' perspective, perhaps the story could be the day that Peter walks on the water, Likewise, as Anita said last week, God is at work amongst us and through us and beyond us. Perhaps helping us to rely on him more, perhaps helping Him. Perhaps helping us to trust him more. I know for me, one of the big things that I've seen God do through this time uh, is in me, is help me worship God with all of my emotions all of my emotions, all my human experience, not just the happy emotions but also worshipping God with lament. A common phrase I've heard this year is that it's okay to not be okay. In Britain we, we don't deal with emotions very well but this year as a nation we are learning how to deal with these negative emotions. It is okay to not be okay and that is true for church and true for worship as well. Our series of honest questions, maybe for some time, the first time, we allowed ourselves to truly be honest with God. And and through being honest with him, hopefully, and, and, and I believe that some of the people have found this, that we found a deeper relationship with him. So, to finish and sum up, what I've said is, you know, as we find ourselves in this time of wilderness... In particular, as we walk with Jesus through the wilderness and we ask why he went into the wilderness, we find the answers that he did so to imitate and redeem Israel. But also he went there because the Spirit led him there. And him, the Spirit leading him there, means the same for us as it did for him, that the wilderness is not a sign of God's absence. Instead, actually, no, he is there in the wilderness. He's in the midst among us. And as we find ourselves in this time of wilderness, perhaps God is shaping us. God is changing us. God is transforming us to be the church that he is calling us to be. To be the church that we are made to be. So that we can show the rest of the world how good Jesus is. How good his gospel is. And I pray that through this time, as tough and as kind of difficult as it is for all of us, that we may become people who rely on God more and more so that we can show the world that God is reliable. Amen? Amen.